Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We're locked, loaded, ready to go. We've got a crap ton of stuff to go over this week. The world of sports is ever-changing, and this week is no different. Mike, let's give the rundown here. We've got NBA free agency. we got Forbidden Door to talk about. we got Money in the Bank to talk about. we got a new Red Wings head coach to talk about. The Big Tens making some big moves. And we still have our uh, NFL division rankings to go over as well. Lots of stuff all at the same time. It's a loaded, loaded show. We're going to jump right in. NBA free agency. Mike, let's start with our hometown team, the Detroit Pistons, because that only takes six seconds. And then we can talk about some of the other moves made around the league here. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this this week just because there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen that hasn't happened. So until we kind of see what's going on there, we're going to kind of hold off on that on a ton of speculation. But let's start with our hometown team, the Detroit Pistons. Really only made a couple moves, right? Um, did we talk about the Knicks trade last week or no? Did we talk about the Knicks trade? Okay, so let's start there, right? So the Pistons trade or receive uh, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, and then two second rounders, right? Mm-hmm. In return for, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Nothing. The Knicks got cap space to sign Jalen Brunson. So good for them, I mm-hmm. guess, question marks. Um, two guys, though. Burks, good three-point shooter, shooting 40% over the last couple seasons. Nerlens Noel was with Troy Weaver in Oklahoma City. Um, so the Pistons have a crap ton of centers. And speaking of centers, I guess the big move of free agency for the Pistons, if you want to call it that, is Marvin Badgley's coming back on a three-year, $37 million deal. Um, Pistons seem to be really high on him. He looked a lot better coming over to Detroit. I mean, you're in Sacramento, so who mm-hmm. looks good in Sacramento? Um, that's probably the biggest move of the day for them. And they also signed, uh, what was his name, Kevin Knox, right? Kevin to a two-year, $6 million deal as well. Yes. So nothing crazy there. Once again, very much the Troy Weaver experience during free agency, not overextending themselves, um, having the draft kind of fall their way a little bit. And so they didn't need to go spend big money on DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, no one's going to touch Miles Bridges with a 10-foot pole after his disastrous uh week and a half here mike uh real quick though on the pistons i want to talk more about the badgley move than anything else uh some people thought maybe it was a bit of an overpay um i I didn't really see it like that i kind of felt like that's kind of what he was going to get was roughly you know 12 million dollars a year he's a Mm -hmm. big dude nba money is flowing like water nowadays um thoughts on bagley coming back where you see his role with team in the next couple years clearly a young guy still i mean yeah he's only four years in yeah no i i like the the move for badgley um he's you know 23 so you know the three-year contract he's gonna be 26 27 and i like that everyone that they have now Mm -hmm. when you look at everybody so badgley's here for three Mm -hmm. alec burks is one year with a club option, so it's yep. Norris Noel. Yeah. So they can if, be gone or yeah. trade at the deadline. Yeah, you can you could trade him at the deadline, or you could just say I don't want to pick up this club or yep. your option. Yep. Goodbye next year or yep. whatever. And then Kevin Knox is only here for two years, and then you're going to buy out Kemba Walker, obviously from right. the uh, right. From the and you got six million dollars in cash from the Knicks as well. To, yeah. I'm assuming that's where that money is going to wind up going is to Kemba. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I mean I've liked every single move that they made so far. Yeah. I think everything is a lot of this is like experimental still. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to plug in guys like Alec Burks, probably going to be your starting shooting guard to start the year. Yeah. Um, guys like Badgley who might be your starting power forward or yep. center going mm-hmm. into this year yep. and kind of just seeing because you're not in so you're in the weird 
tweener spot. Yep. Kind of where the lines are at, where it's mm-hmm. like you're kind of like you like, can see progress. You, being you can made. Kind of, you see the progress being made. You're not really like a play in team yet. Yeah. But maybe you could be if everything kind of yeah. falls right this year. Yeah. But I'm I'm looking more of like the year after, like the 2023 season, that you're yeah. gonna kind of start reaching the play-in games. Yeah. Um. So with that being said, you have a nice year or two here where it's like, all right, if Alec Burks falls out, yeah. maybe we, we just sign yeah. Norris Noel if he's a really good rotational center, we bring him back. Marvin Bagley, yeah. you know, if he's really bad this year, okay, we only have to deal with him for two more years, yeah, right. you know, yeah. or you can sign, or you can trade him in the year after, so yeah. you might only have to deal with him for two years. Mm-hmm. Um. So Kevin Knox, you know, he's 23. You only have him for two years. So I think you have a lot of guys coming in who have positive stuff around them that you've seen sparks of good with. Yeah. And if they fit well with the team, they're all young guys for the most part outside Alec Burks. They're all young guys. So they can, you can start building a nice little core around them. Mm -hmm. And if they're not good, you're not like, oh, it's a five-year contract here. You With a max amount of money. money. It's all a a lot of two at most three-year stuff. So you can get rid of and, them. And two, right? The, the Knicks trade, right? You got two guys that are both on the last year of their deal, right? Club options for both guys. So they're maintaining cap flexibility. DeAndre Jordan's cap number comes off this year. Anyway, I know people like DeAndre Jordan, but they bought him out as well um, to get more picks last year. Um, th- this team is, is prioritizing two things. Youth, number one. Number two, cap flexibility, right? Yep. Their financial situation is so fluid. They still have... Well, I think like $15 million in cap space right now. Yeah. I don't anticipate them using it unless they're going to do a, a trade of some sort. Right now, the roster is pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at this team, looking at where Troy Weaver in the 2023 offseason, I think that's the time where you're going to see the Pistons really go big game hunting. If you had to pinpoint a time here with some of these guys that probably won't be here next year, and with the progression, Ivy gets his first year. We're at year three of Killian Hayes, year two of Cade, year three of Shadik, year three of Isaiah Stewart. Badgley's now here for a full season, right? Mm-hmm. You're really going to see, I think, a lot of progress being made. It may not necessarily translate to the win column a ton, but I definitely think, you know, they're on the right path. If, yeah. if you, you know, I, I highly encourage people, if you don't have an athletic subscription, don't do it. It's like a dollar for like the first six months. Um but they made there was a great article by John Hollinger where he was like the Knicks and the Pistons have two very clear differences in how they're building this team. The Knicks are offloading to go sign a big name. I would say Brunson's probably the best free agent point guard you could have signed, right? Pro- mean, probably from a free agency perspective, yeah. like he's a, a free agent, not trading for somebody. So like he's a good player. Mm-hmm. And the Pistons are like, yeah, sure, we'll just we're gonna slow roll this. And the Knicks are like, nope, this is the guy we need right now. And it's like, okay, but the Knicks are gonna be competing for the sixth seed in the East. And that's really where they're tapping out where the Pistons are playing the long game. And you're like, maybe in two, three years, we're talking about this team being in the top half of the East. Yeah. And I think that's the the difference here. So as excited as I am about this team, I don't think, I mean, if they get to 35 wins, I think that's a, that's a great season for this young mm-hmm. team. I even think 30. Yeah. I think it's good. Cause I think you have 23 last year. Yeah. You have 20, the last two years before really that, I think see how so much of Cade being around full season is going to help yeah. like especially early on yeah. like i am very eager to see the first 12 15 games of the season mm-hmm. and see where they're at yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like if they're seven and five mm-hmm. and you're like okay maybe if we can just kind of hover you know what i mean the yeah. rest of the year but if they start like they did last year where they're like you know two and ten you mm-hmm. go well season's kind of done <laughs> yeah you know yeah. it's hard i know there's a lot more games in the nba but 
the Pistons aren't ever going to go on a 15 game win streak to flip that number mm-hmm. back. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so really interesting to see there. Um, some of the other big moves, uh, Deontay Murray gets traded to the Hawks for a whole bunch of unprotected first round picks among other things. Um, Rudy Gobert, he's gone now. Where did he get traded to? Uh, he got traded to uh, Timberwolves. Timberwolves, right? For uh, several unprotected first yes. round picks. Apparently, that's the new wave, <laughs> and apparently, some NBA teams are a little afraid by that. But nothing super crazy so far has happened, Mike. Now we've got the news that Kevin Durant uh, wants a trade out of Brooklyn, which also kind of signifies probably the end for Kyrie as well. Um, just your thoughts, Mike, on the actual request. Uh, by Durant. I, we're, we'll spend more time talking about Durant when we kind of know where he's going to go. I don't want to spend a ton of airtime with as loaded of a show as we have today talking about hypotheticals here. Um, thoughts on Durant just being like, yeah, I'm committed to uh, literally like three days later go, I kind of want to be done now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not necessarily shocked. Yeah. I think the weird thing was, I think when Kyrie re- or opted, opted in, in yeah. That was the point where I was like, okay, then maybe they're gonna stay. they're they're gonna stay at least one more year and right. run it back. Right. But it was like he opted in, and like five hours later, yeah. Katie was like, yeah, I want I want to yeah, trade. trade, and I was like, that's like a crazy like timeline of mm-hmm. events to happen like that, where it was yeah. like like you opted in, it's like okay, you must have had a conversation, it was like, all right, you're here to stay, and then Katie was like, no, 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 actually, I'm leaving. Yeah. So I think I think the more interesting part is if Kyrie's actually going to stay at that point, yeah. because without Kevin Durant there, it's like you're in a wasteland of. You got Ben Simmons. Yeah, he said he was never feeling better. Quote, never quote. feeling better. So, um, yeah, I think this Kevin Durant stuff's very interesting. I think there's a lot of places that he could go to to fit yeah. in and play. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of places that he could go to in my eyes and be the favorite. Yeah, because I look so like my favorite. Obviously, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, is the Milwaukee Bucks going into next year? Yeah, it's not the Lakers. I thought you were gonna think no, I was gonna say Lakers. No, no. Um, you're at least you're a, you're a logical fan. Yes, it's, as much as you want to hope with all your might, might that LeBron gets another ring, you're like it's just not looking like. Yeah, it's, it's just not looking like it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Milwaukee's my favorite. So to overtake them, yeah, I think there's we talked about Dallas. Yeah. I think would, would, step, would take right? that step. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of teams to me where if you went to this team that you'd be like, oh, you're my clear favorite. Like if they went to Miami, if you went to Miami, yeah. I don't know if I'm like, oh, you're a clear favorite over Milwaukee. Right. You're now. Like, yeah, you really you know, you're, you're, now you're up yeah. there. Yeah. And I think if we when we do our predictions for playoffs or whatever, yeah, yeah. if they play in the Easter Conference Final, I think we could have a nice little debate on who we think yeah, might win. For sure. But I don't think they would easily go. There's not a team where I'm like, yep, they and, are definitely that team. And the problem with Except the, the Warriors. Yeah, the problem with the Durant trade, right, is you're trading for Kevin Durant. Brooklyn's not, and he's got four years left on his deal. This isn't an expiring contract either, right? Yeah. He signed a five-year max contract with Brooklyn. So, A, it's a weird conversation to have because on one end, Brooklyn's like, you're getting Kevin Durant, so we're going to want a lot back. But that team then also goes, yeah, we're getting Kevin Durant. We're getting 34-year-old Kevin Durant. We're going to have to pay him $50 million when he's 38, 39 years old. That's a tough thing yeah. to swallow. And if you are a contending team, how many of those players are you going to want to give up to get Kevin Durant? Yeah. That's a tough, that's a weird balance. That's a weird line to walk on because you're like, do I, we got, you know, like if you're Miami, you know, you got to the Eastern Conference Finals yeah. last year. That's the thing is, are, right? you, are you willing to give up Tyler Hero, Max right. Struess, exactly. and three first round picks? Right. Or In Duncan Robinson Kevin, and yeah. whatever. It's like, like, I don't know. If you're Phoenix, are you willing to give up? 
Mikel Bridges, a DeAndre Ayton trade and, or sign and, and trade, trade yep. and, and you some know, picks. And some picks. Yeah. There's a lot of those things where if you're Golden State, can you give up Jordan Poole yeah. and Gary Payton and you well, know Gary Payton's gone. He left. Oh he yeah, he, he left. Yeah. Um, like Moses Moody yep. and uh, yeah. some pick. Like, yeah. Or like Kevin Looney. Kevin Looney or something. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of places where it's like it sounds good on paper until you're like, Oh, we have traded away three of our valuable, valuable rotational yeah, pieces. Exactly. And that, I think we've seen over the last couple of years in the NBA especially as good as players like Giannis are, mm-hmm. they're clearly the best player on the court, mm-hmm. right? They need guys like the Chris Middletons, the Drew Holidays of the world, right, to come in and who are above average basketball players. But they need those guys. Yeah. It's If we were just going with, okay, well, LeBron James is the best player in basketball, well, then he should make the finals every year. That's no longer the case. Mm-hmm. We saw it. Even the great players of this league, Durant's another perfect example of that where – they got swept. They didn't even they didn't even win a game. And, mm-hmm. you know, Durant played really, really well. But you need more than just one or two guys now. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's becoming, once again, it, as many as, as there's so many stars in this league, it's more about let's get a couple and then we have to really supplement this rent, the bench. And we have to really be mm-hmm. able to take these guys off and allow them to sit a minute mm-hmm. and get there, right? So... I think that's why the move like Christian Wood that me and Mike are so high on is because that's a guy, that's a value-added piece for a Luka Doncic-led basketball team who was just a couple games away from making an NBA Finals run with, you know, Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie having to carry the load with Luka. That's a that's a totally different conversation. So, um, very interested to see that. Obviously, there's also some rumblings about Westbrook for Kyrie and that all stuff. But I want to wait and break that down if it happens. Because I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about something that's potentially not going to be a thing. So we'll wait to see that. Um, if it happens, we'll talk about it. Especially if it happens during the week, we'll talk about it next week for sure. Um, all right, let's shift focus here a little bit here. Let's go into... Um, Oh boy, let's see. I don't know where I want to go next. Let's go. Let's go Forbidden Door. There's just so okay. much stuff we got to talk about. Let's get the wrestling stuff going. We'll talk wings here in a second, and then we'll end on some football talk. But okay. um, Forbidden Door happened. We're gonna go Forbidden Door, then Money in the Bank, guys. Um, you know, dueling pay per views, back to back weeks. Mike was. I thought we covered Forbidden Door last week. Mike's like, you're crazy. Yeah, it was and on I said, a Sunday and I was night. like, I'm like, sure. I don't know. It all. It feels like it was a forever and a day. Um, yeah, we went to a whole show. That's yeah, we went why. to a Dynamite show. We saw Blood and Guts. That was live in Detroit. That was pretty cool. Uh, pretty great show held by AEW there at LCA this week. Um, but let's jump right into it, Mike. Yes. Um, Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door. As we go into it, though, deliver, under-deliver, just right. Tell me about the porridge that Golden Box had. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I think it delivered as yeah. well as I, yeah. a show of this kind could deliver. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little bit hindered at times because there's not a ton of story in these matches. Yeah, I think I think there's not a ton of story, and I yeah. think the idea of like when you when you look down the card, and you're like, oh, so there's no from the New Japan side, you didn't have like Naito yeah. or anything. Yeah. That obviously the AEW side, you didn't have Kenny mm-hmm. or Brian yep. or the, or the Lucha Bros or yep. Andre. Like yeah, there was like the a lot of a six man tag. Bucks are in a six man yeah. tag. You're just like, man, there's yeah. like a lot kind of going against yeah. this card mm-hmm. where you're just like. There's not a lot of people available, but right. for with the people that they had and the matches they put on, yeah. I think a lot of these matches were stellar. Yeah, and, I agree with that. Yep. And just pure wrestling yep. style. Absolutely. And then so we opened the show with Minoru Suzuki and Jericho Appreciation Society, which was Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, defeating Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Yuta. Um, 
Smash got four and a half stars. I can't read stars, I guess. <laughs> um, it went like 19 minutes. Every match on the show went a good amount of time, yeah. too. Yeah, they gave which, a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, it went four hours, and there were only nine matches. So they gave every match like a good amount of time here. Yeah. Um, this match was, I thought, a really good opener. It was weird because I didn't think this would be an opener. I thought yeah. this would be like a, right. a middle card. Yeah, but, but this yeah. is one of the only matches that had like a good story behind it. Yeah. So Because the winner got the blood and guts advantage. Blood and guts, so everyone knew that Jericho yeah. was going to win at that exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. You're not gonna have the face have an advantage, right? No kidding. So, uh, but yeah, good match. Um, I thought this went a little bit too long. I was for an yeah. opener. I was like, I was like, I can at one point. I was like, let's let's wrap it up here a mm-hmm. little bit. You know, I know I got four and a half stars. I thought it was really good. I think it still would have got four and a half stars if it went five minutes less. Yeah, I guess is my yeah. Point. No, I don't. I don't think the yeah. the length like yeah. really mattered there. For um, yeah. I did. I did like the the blood and guts that led after though. Oh yeah, that was uh, fantastic. Wednesday. That was a there was a lot match. of good story in there too. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, next match we have the 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 tag title everything on the line match. Yeah, triple threat, call it. triple tags. threat tags. Yeah. Ring of Honor IWGP tags were on the line. We had FTR uh, defeating Rapongi Vice and the United Empire, which is Great O'Connor and Jeff Cobb. Yep. Um, that was a stellar match. It was crazy because which one was it? Cash? No, Dax. Dax, or, whatever. Dax one of the two. Yeah. Dax. He gets hurt in the middle of the match. Leaves. And then me and Rob said, God yeah. dang it, they're not gonna, we're not going to win the tag titles. <laughs> only for him to come right back out yeah. and say, no, 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 not today. Yeah. I'm going to come win the tag titles. It was the only time where I went, good thing Rapongi Vice is in this match. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been a nice two-on-one thing for yeah. a little bit, but it would have been, been really awkward if it was just a regular tag match yeah. and Dex couldn't come back. But Cash was like, let me just win this by myself, guys. Yeah, I know. I'd I'd be be like, like, uh, like, oh, so if he's hurt, hurt. How are they gonna? Yeah, how are they like, gonna are they, pivot? Are we gonna have like a disqualification now or something like that? Like, yeah. they, is there gonna be a run in? Yeah. Like to like call an audible? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, thank God yeah, he walked knows? back out. Yeah. So uh, he comes back out. FTR wins, and now they hold they hold a lot of championships. Yeah. Three different sets of tag titles. Three different countries. Mm-hmm. All at the same. Yeah, time. Yeah. Was it Triple yeah. A, Ring yeah. of Honor, and and, and yeah, New Japan. Japan's. Yep. Yep. Um, seven star FTR. Seven star FTR. Yep. Also Shirts got, on order. Yeah, this this match also got four and a half stars. Stellar. Yeah, this was really good. No, I thought I thought this match told. I would say from a story perspective, I thought this match told the best story. Yes. When it comes to Dax coming in, he leaves. He comes back with the shoulder, which I think was legitimate. By the way, I mm. do think his shoulder is jacked up a little bit. Yes. Um, I thought they did a really good job of making of highlighting each team. And FTR right now is just on another yeah. level. I really think there are three teams yeah. that are on another level. Yeah. I think it's FTR, the Bucks, and the Usos. Yes. Are all just they're on a pedestal right now. The Usos later, yeah. but yep. They're on a pedestal by themselves. Yes. And then after that, there's like a close Lucha Bros oh, four yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah. But like those yep. three to me yep. are just They're a tag team wrestling right now for the major companies. I know as much as we like to give flack to WWE at times, but as we saw at Money in the Bank, even teams like the Street Profits, you still have like the New Day, RK Bro. Tag team wrestling right now is really it's thriving. Good. It's yeah. you yeah. have a lot the of the Viking really Raiders good... are hopefully yes. coming on the rise. But we've there. seen good Viking yeah. Raider yes. matches before, right? Like w- there is a level right now that tag teams are reaching where mm-hmm. people are going, look out! Like mm-hmm. th- this is that it's a can't miss yeah. type. Contest. And this is one thing I appreciate about AEW is they put the emphasis on tag wrestling. Yes. I think WWE looked at it and was like. Maybe we should put more of an yeah. emphasis on it. Oh yeah, because I think if AEW wasn't there, they'd yeah. still be having their crappy tag team yes. matches yes. and primetime players, prime time players and yeah. stuff. But I think now it's like we have to put an emphasis on it. Yeah. 
um, which is awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, next match was the four way for the AEW All Atlantic Title. Rob, really enjoyed this. Re- match, remember the title? All Atlantic, All Atlantic, not Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling. That's not what it is. Um, we had Pac defeating Clark Connors, who came in for the injured Ishii because yeah. Ishii hurt his knee. Of course. Uh, Malachi Black and Miro, 15 minutes. Pac winning was awesome. Yes. Uh, he wins with the brutalizer on uh, Clark Connors. And Pac, I was I was either Pac or Malachi Black. Yeah, I was I like, was I, I, I want yeah, I want one of these 50, two. 50 shot here. Yep. And Pac winning. Pac can go around as long as the wrestler he wrestles is like average. Mm-hmm. The match could be a banger. Yeah. So I was really I'm, happy. I'm, I was a little nervous there that Miro was going to get it because he was in the Redeemer lock or whatever. The yeah. camel, I'm going to call it Camel Clutch. That's what it is. Yeah. Forever. And I was like. Man, this is gonna suck because nobody was running. That, that was crazy, and he then and the Pac was like Pac was like holding there, yeah. waiting for. I, I felt like he was waiting for someone, yeah. and then no one came. He was like, "I'm just gonna start moving out of it." Yeah. I was like, "He made it look so easy to like move." And then, and he, I was and then like, Miro pulled him back. I went, "Oh, usually when they pull him back, it's over." Yeah, I, I got scared. And I was like, "Oh boy." Yeah, but um, thought this was. I thought this match was really good. Um, I thought they even did a good job of getting Clark Connors a good pop because mm-hmm. everyone's like, when he walked out, nobody knew who the hell this. No, was. when this theme, when this like Titan came yeah. on, I said, I don't know who this guy yeah, is. Right. Um, a lot of the New Japan guys, I don't know their their yeah, their Titan. Well, because they never play it loud enough, so you always have people talking. So you yeah. can't never really. You just hear him. You see him walk. Down. I see him walk down. Like the only ones I know are like Jay White and Okada's. Yeah. So then I'm like, yeah, the I'm coin like, flip's pretty. The coin, yeah, the yeah. coin flip's pretty iconic. Um, but then so yeah, so I was like, Clark Connors. This, this was guy. a perfect way though to set off, and I think. Pac is the perfect guy to be the first champion here because I think a lot of times what happens when when the companies debut new championships, I think it's so vitally important that the first couple champions and their matches uh-huh. are of high quality. Yeah. Because when you set a standard where you go, man, Pac versus Malachi Black was the first title defense or whatever the yeah whatever. Like, it's like, man, you just set a level now where, like, that's the bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when another guy holds it, that has to be the bar. So when Cody wins the TNT title and has a banger match against Brody Lee, and you go, that was a really good match, right? Mm-hmm. Or him and Darby, whatever. That's the level now that all r- rest of these matches are now be- going to be expected yeah. to uphold. So when you have something where you go, that was just okay, you're going to hear about it because, yeah. you know, so that's super important, I think, to have a guy like Pac be the first guy who can really work with a broomstick. Yeah, and I think, yeah, they, he just needs like two or three guys. Yeah. From wherever you want to get them from, if you want your own if, roster, I don't yeah, care. if you want to do like Ricky Starks and some yeah, of those guys, absolutely. and just like yeah. put on some bangers, I'd be a big I'll fan. Do it, Pac and uh, Matthews one more time. Yeah, like the, for the qualifier. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Next match we had the, yeah. <laughs> the dudes with attitudes. Yeah, which was which so is a, funny. Which is definitely a ripoff of the dudes with attitudes, which was Shawn Michael and Diesel. Yeah, but it's fine. Uh, Darby Allen, Shingo Tagagi, and Sting yep. defeated Titty uh, Twisters. Uh, the Titty Twisters <laughs> defeated El Fantasmo and the Young Bucks. Uh, Hikaleo was with the Bucks, obviously. Yeah. Hiromu Takahashi was had the flu or something, yeah. so he couldn't get the he couldn't get over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they made it into a six man, which I think worked slightly better as a yes. six man than as an eight man. Yes. Um, and dudes with attitudes one, uh, Shingo beat El Fantasmo with yeah. his swinging. Yeah. I'm making a uh, arm motion <laughs> if you're, but like I don't know what it's actually called. Yeah. Uh, he he does that's his finish in New yeah. Japan. Mm-hmm. He hits that on El Fantasmo and uh, they win. 
Um, this match got four and a half stars, went 13 minutes. I think it was just like a really quick banger 13 minute match. Yes, yeah, and jumping off the top set the tone for pretty much everything there. That was um, that was the wild part was yeah. his theme hit and he didn't come out. I thought he was gonna ascend down from the ceiling. I did too. I, I thought like, he was oh, just gonna like right, float getting, down. Yeah, I was like, getting that's getting gonna be cool, cool shit. Yeah. And he just like jumped off the. Yeah, it was clearly not even him. And I was like, no, oh, well, that's disappointing. But and then we've got 65 year old Sting over here jumping off stuff, crazy yeah. bastard. Um, no, I thought this was perfect for what it was. Didn't need to go too long. Had just enough showcase. Sting was in this match a lot, which I was yeah, surprised was. by. Only criticism I would have for this is, is this really where we want the Young Bucks at? Having the World Tag Titles, they just went in a good TLC match or whatever. I yeah. was like, felt like the Bucks were just like, oh, we got to throw the Bucks on here. Yeah, I you think the I, mean? I think the problem was New Japan doesn't have another tag yeah, team. Yeah, right. I agree with you. Like, like I think like, I think oh, the only Owens and uh, what's it called? Bad Luck Fale. Yeah, I was them. like I was like the only team would be God from New Japan yeah. that I'd want them to mm-hmm. to fight, but I was like I don't even know if they're yeah. they're there already. Right. Like I don't know what yeah. they're doing. I haven't seen them in forever, yeah. so I was like I don't know if um they they have another tag team. Yeah, like I I'd, I'd rather get the six man. Yeah. They get them versus Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale. I agree. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, if that's your only other team, mm-hmm. um, I, I take what we got here. But, anywho, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> we had, uh, this is our only AEW versus AEW match. So, we had Thunder Rosa defeating Tony Storm in 10 minutes. This got three stars. Um, this was fine. Yeah. Um, they had to put it somewhere. But yeah, they had to put, they put it literally dead ass right I don't think Tony middle. Storm is as over as they hoped that she would be. Mm-hmm. And I think Thunder Rosa's... I think, once again, I think we're seeing this, and I think AEW is having a difficult time right now booking babyface champions. Yeah. And I think that is something that I think is going to get better over time. we got to remember, this company is still only three years into its existence, but we saw it with Hangman's Run. Mm-hmm. We've seen it now uh, with the Lucha Express um, or Jurassic Express. We saw it with, and now we're seeing it here. It is so much easier to book heel champions. Oh, yeah. So much easier. The, the climb, I think they do a really good job of, making the climb and having those moments where it goes, yep, our guy did it. But then the follow-up, it's like, this is just okay. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think they're struggling a little bit with that, and they need to get it back on a heel sooner rather than later. Because I think Jay Cargill is doing better work as TBS champion right now than they're doing with Thunder Rosa as their world champion. Yeah, I do. I will say, though, yeah. I do love Thunder Rosa's entrance I attire every single time. Yeah, right? Just her, time whole, her, out, her yep. whole presentation yep. is awesome. Yeah. And she's great in ring. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, I I think it's just the stories that they yeah. tell is just not very interesting. Yeah, I I don't think the matches are over. Like, I think there's matches where you but, can go back and point to you like Britt and Thunder Rose's, you know, first match. The lights out. Yeah, thing. was way. You know what I mean? Was really really good. And I think yeah. that set a standard, right? Like, I even you know, I once again. I think when you have people, you know, looking at the WWE side, like the Becky Lynch's of the world, the Charlotte's of the world, as much as it's like, oh, my God, we're seeing this again, I go, yeah, but their characters are so well-defined, uh-huh. and they, they they engage you in a way where you go, man, I really want to see Charlotte get her ass kicked, or I really want Bianca to rise up, right? I really yeah. want, name somebody, right, to beat this person, to take them off the top, right? Yeah. We had that with Britt Baker, and I, you know what I mean? Like, that's... It's just the character development portion, yeah. I think, is needed in here. Now, I will say, so they, they created a tag team. They're yeah. wrestling, I think, on Wednesday or something. Yeah. Um, their name is Thunderstorm. Yeah, I know. I Tell, now, is that not the best name combination tag yeah. team that you've ever like that's go really with, good yeah that's really yeah. good thunderstorm was like <laughs> i was like thunderstorm's coming out that's pretty sweet uh, i'll give him credit uh, that's good. Lord. 
Um, our next. Oh, this now this next match. Yeah, they talk about two sides of two very different, different coins. coins. Yeah, we had Will Ospreay with Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. Don't even yeah. remember them being there, but they were there. Yeah, defeating Orange Cassidy. This match got four and three quarter stars. Talk about a banger of a match yeah. that I did not expect to be yeah. really this much of a banger of a match. Yeah. This match was awesome. Yeah. Now imagine they had six weeks build. Yeah. That's, well, that, that's, yeah, that I mean, or if Andrade could have been on the show and yes, been in the spot instead, yes, yeah, that I would prefer right. that too. But but with a, a yes. nice long build to this would have been cool too. Yeah. But this match, like Orange Cassidy just oh by far. Yeah. Orange Cassidy gets like so underrated with yeah. his like because his gimmick is like I don't care and mm-hmm. whatever. But like when he like takes his hand out of his pockets or whatever and just starts like wrestling, yeah. yeah. That man just holds up with yeah. anybody at this point. Yeah. And Osprey makes any- I think Osprey makes is on another level. Osprey makes anyone. That has like an arm look good, yeah. so it's insane how good. Uh, we this talked is. about this on our way to the AEW show this week. I, Osprey right now is at a level where I honestly think he'd be better off being in America because Probably. the character development is so much better than what it was when he was doing the junior heavyweight stuff. He's really taking his game to another level, and I think that the heel persona, him putting on a little bit of weight, him having this new edge to him, is paying off in his matches. Because now there's a clear, like, Orange Cassidy works because you have somebody against Orange Cassidy that people really want to boo, mm-hmm. right? Like, that at the end of the day, like, whether it's Jericho, whether it's Osprey, whether, name, whether it's Adam Cole, whoever it is, you have somebody that people go, yeah, no, that guy sucks, yeah. Or, like, you know, like, I want to boo, like, everyone's kind of in on it, right? And they understand it because he's such a massive underdog. This match works because you knew Osprey was going to come in and beat the living dog crap out of Orange Cassidy, and it worked, right? Yeah. So I think Osprey's on another level right now, and I really hope that this U.S. title run kind of brings the U.S. title up to the level where the IC was with him as champion. I do too, and I'm very excited. So him and um, yeah, Juice, Juice Robinson, that in, should be a bang. They're in the same block for Which the G1, and they're the the last day block. So yeah. obviously they're gonna they're, one of them's gonna win. Yeah, I, I think shot. I I imagine that that match is gonna blow off at Wrestle Kingdom. That'll be yes. one of the Wrestle Kingdom matches. Yes. I think it's gonna be really good because yeah. I think him and Juice will. And Juice, once again, new character. He's a bad guy now, yeah. different type of edge, right? So you got two bad guys going at it. It's yeah. like, is Osprey the baby face? I kind of, I kind of think Osprey yeah. kind of plays the tweener of like he's just kind of like a badass well, kind of guy. On the guy he's facing. Yeah. When he's Okada, clearly the bad guy against you know Jay White, maybe a little more good guy. Yeah, you know, like, it just like tweener. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that happened. Our not co- we're not Coleman yet. Uh, third from the bottom. <laughs> so yeah, right. We had Zack Sabre Jr. come out. Weird placement for this match. Yes. Uh, Daniel Bryan's mystery opponent turned out to be the Cesaro, yeah. also known as Claudio Castagnoli. Castagnoli. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to call him Claudio because yeah, it's a Claudio. lot easier for me. Yeah. Um, Cesaro came out. Uh, Russell Zack Sabre Jr. Big pop. Yeah. I mean, it was funny because everyone on Earth knew it was going to be him, but yeah. it was still a really nice pop for him. Sometimes that helps. It's like, I know it's going to be him, so when he comes out, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. him, yeah. Um, this match was pretty good. I think the the problem with this match... It was the wrong time for this match. It yeah. shouldn't have been here. Shouldn't well, have followed Orange Cassidy versus Osprey. Yeah. Well, I'm not even saying that. I think in terms of just the match itself, I think that... Like, it was built to be, okay, we're just going to technically, yeah. like, it was like a pure rules match kind of thing. Yeah. And Cesaro was like, I don't do that. I, yeah. I throw I, people I, around I, and I'm strong. And I swing people. Yeah, like, like Zack Sabre Jr. was trying to do his stuff. Yeah. And Cesaro was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. And I think that was the problem that this match ran into was, like, Brian would have went 
technical technical with him yeah. and like a jonathan gresham would have done yeah. the same thing but claudio doesn't he's not the same he, he's not he's not really yeah. that like he's technical but he's not that technical right so it was fun to watch him like get out of some of the locks or whatever but at the end of the day i was like he's just this really strong guy who can throw people around yep. so i feel like the clash of styles yeah kind of hurt what i think would have been a really cool match yeah kind of like, i would hurt a little bit with this I honestly would have. I would open yeah, the show with it. Just because that way you get the That's debut, fine. you get a huge pop. Everyone's already ready to go. The crowd was loud. The crowd was ready. Um, and he didn't know, right? Theoretically, you don't know who's coming out. So when yeah. you get that, I think with him coming in, winning the match, obviously, I think it's a, it would have set the set a tone where you could have built off of this match yeah. rather than this being third from the top. Especially following Osprey and Orange Cassidy, I go, they're dead. Yeah. They're absolutely dead. From this so yeah it would have been tough yeah so uh this match got uh four stars yeah, it's, yeah it's a little high it was it yeah. wasn't as good as i wanted it to be but you know it was still good i thought it was really good i just yeah you know, I, I, I it was just like the expectation of like oh yeah. it's gonna be a banger and yeah. i was like not as much of a banger yeah. but i really hope that japan's just like all right daniel bryan are you good by wrestle kingdom yeah, right like that's like a big hope i have but yeah. we'll see um co-main event here we had the iwgp world heavyweight title four-way Four way. Yep. We had Jay White <laughs> defending against Adam Cole, Adam Hangman Page, and Kajushika Okada. By the way, Kajushika Okada getting the gr- biggest pop of all yeah, time in this were match. People really happy to see Okada yeah. here. Um, but uh, Jay White wins in a very weird. So like Cole gets hurt. Yeah. Like he gets concussed at one point. I don't know if it's come out when he gets concussed. I don't know either, yeah. But he gets hurt. I don't know if it was when Okada dropped him on his head yeah. at the end of the match or if he got concussed early and just wrestled through it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But basically what happened was Cole gets concussed, doesn't really know where he is, is kind yeah. of just hanging out. Yeah, he's just laying in the corner. He's just kinda of laying in the corner. Jay White hits or hits a switch player, just throws no, Okada no, I mean, out. Yeah, he hits Okada with his finish, then throws, throws Okada, Okada away, out. Rolls Adam over, pins him one, two, three. Yeah. And everybody goes, that was a weird sudden end to this match. Yeah, it was like yeah. a very quick ending. I thought initially that the ref messed up. Messed up. Yeah. Whether it was. I thought maybe Cole didn't kick out, or maybe I thought. I thought Hangman. Jay White was, did not look thrilled after the end yeah. of the match. Like, I was, was like, like, I thought maybe Hangman was supposed to break it up and he right. forgot his cue. Right. Like, there was a lot of things. That yeah. wasn't really permitted on Adam Cole. And then when I Cole. saw, like, when I saw them immediately go in at look at Cole, I went, "Oh, so Cole's hurt." Yeah, so, so he's like, actually I, hurt. So it was. I, I looked at it either they had to get out, like now type yeah. deal, because like we got like ten more minutes of Cole's like integral in this whole thing. We just gotta we yeah. gotta bounce, or Cole's supposed to take the fall, but maybe there was a little bit more to finish him off type of deal. Yeah. I don't know because he never even hit the rainmaker. Yeah. So it was one of those things where it's like. He didn't lose with the finish, and then it was like, well, you you could have just pinned Okada. You just hit your finish, and Okada was like, well, you're not pinning Okada here. Yeah. So it was like, it was a weird. Yeah, and I way. feel like I feel like there wasn't like, I, and I I I'm in the presence that Okada hurt him on the drop because I, I feel so. like I, I feel so. like if they w- if it would have been earlier, I think they would have spot the plan. I yes. think they would have changed it a little bit. Like maybe I do something with Hangman at the right. end, and even if I'm still pinning Cole, yeah, maybe like yeah, Cole Cole's just yeah. Cole comes in for a hot second. Yeah. Jay White hits a switchblade on him real quick and pins him. Right. But like you could have done more with Hangman, yeah. but Hangman was just out of the picture for a long time at the end, mm-hmm. and I feel like he was supposed to come in to do more, yeah. but he was just kind of like oh. Yeah. All right, match so is over. Match was fine. So it was fine, and it it just got dinged Fatal, for the injury. I will say this: Fatal Four Ways 
are not a Japanese thing. No, it's just no, not. It's, they it's, don't know it's, how. It's not. It, you felt very much like, all right, we're going to have you two go at it. And then we're going to have these two go at it. And then we're going to have these two go. Like, you got a little flavor of everybody against each other. Yeah. It very much felt like two singles matches were happening at any it, particular yeah. time until the very, very end. And mm-hmm. I, it, very, it very much showed where you go, this really isn't mm-hmm. like a thing. It, it, this felt like that match where it had to go on where it went on. But if the title wasn't on the line, you easily could have seen this in the middle of the card and be like, that was pretty okay. Mm-hmm. And it would have been okay. But the star power with the title, it was like, we're going to have enough around this match mm-hmm. to make it good enough to to be passable. Yes. You know what I mean? The injury, obviously, you can't control that. That just sucks. So there's that, too. Yeah. Yeah, this match got four and a half stars. I think everything up into the yeah. Cole ending, yeah. I think, was awesome. Yeah, was really but good. then it yeah. was like, man, yeah. this injury kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but yeah, that was that. Uh, Jay White wins, entering the G one with the title. Good yeah, for him. I love Jay White. Jay White's cool. Big um, fan. Big fan. Yep. And our main event, which I think everyone yeah. knew this was going to be the main event anyway. <laughs> we had Moxley, Hiroshi, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, interim. I love how they call it interim. It's so yeah. funny. Interim AEW World t- Championship on the line. Um, Moxley wins with the. Drive, Death, Rider? Death Rider, I think yeah. is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, four and a half stars. D- DT. Yeah, DT, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Got 18 minutes, got four and a half stars, and Moxley is your interim AEW world champion. I felt the crowd was a little exhausted yes. by this point. Just a little bit. We yeah. were like, man, we just went through yeah. a lot. I, I will give credit to this crowd yeah. because they, they tried, they tried mm-hmm. because there were eight straight matches of yeah. pretty much just bangers yep. all around. Mm-hmm. And even for like the Tony Storm match, which wasn't like the greatest thing, yeah. they were still hot oh, and yeah. cheering heavy for, for sure. that. So like, I, I give them credits for at least trying to be alive for this one. Maybe but... they gave a lot of love to Tanahashi here. Yeah. I think everybody kind of knew Tanahashi's probably not going to win. But they gave him a lot of love, which they was good. Get, yeah. And I also think that for as much as like a dream match, everyone was like, oh, this is like a dream match kind of thing. I feel like like when you get into the match, this is always what I feel when I see Reigns Lesnar is everyone's like, oh, dream match. Here we like, yeah, I right, love right. what. Yeah. And then like the match happens. I go, it's all right. It's all right. Like, yeah, it, like yeah. it's like we've had, we've seen like, especially with like that example, we've seen better ones. Yeah. So like every time they wrestle right. now, I'm like, it's not as good as like yeah. the 30 mania 31 mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Like we've never seen this one before, but I don't anticipate going in. It's like, Oh, this is going to be like Osprey Shingo Tagagi where I'm just yeah. like, Oh, this is going to be a straight banger. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be a fine match. Yeah. It'll be good. And yeah, then... I, I think the commentary did this match a lot of help. Yes. I think they did a really good job of really putting over who Tanahashi is mm-hmm. um, and what his impact is on business on the Japan side. I mean, he's yeah. their John Cena. There's yes. no there's no other way to say it. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all that, I think they did a really good job of getting this match over. You know, Moxley hasn't looked better ever. No, he looks he's, awesome. Yeah. He looks in great shape. He's got his head on. He looks like he is hitting on all cylinders right now. He is the perfect guy for them to have running the show until Punk gets back. Like, yes. He's, he's, I think he looks better now than he did when he won the title the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, 1,000%. Like, like, I think he's really hitting on all cylinders here from a technical perspective. I think that's going to help a ton because I think when him and Punk go at it, I think you're going to see something really, really special happen. Yes, I would 100% agree with that. I think yeah. he's, this is probably the best he's ever looked. Yes. Just in general, like yes. even from WWE, I think it's just, mm-hmm. he's just hitting all. So yeah, this show is straight banger. 
from top to bottom as a as a wrestling show yeah. i think if you if you're going into it for storylines mm-hmm. and for all that stuff i think you're like yeah it was it's fine yeah. Yeah. there's not really a lot of story it was just all right we're just gonna put two of the best people in here two mm-hmm. of the best tag teams here yep. uh, four of the best world champions here yep. and it was just gonna wrestle and see what happens pretty and nice. i think it was pretty awesome definitely would suggest doing it again um yeah i'll be interested to see if they make this uh like a yearly thing yeah. or not um, I would assume they, as long as the relationship is good, would try to do it every year. But yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like it's just, uh, it's weird because like I don't want to like because it's it's a tough because you definitely felt like at times it was one of those things where they had to just like all right we got to get get this match mm-hmm. somewhere on television so we can have a justification of why this match exists on TV. Yeah, or you know what I mean. So like it's one of those things where like okay we just got to throw it on there and I think it throws off Tony's long term booking. It arc. does a little bit. So I think that also doesn't help things. Maybe next year it'll be a little smoother. Yeah. Hopefully you don't have the amount of injuries you've had either. I mean yeah. theoretically. If you're AEW, if we throw Kenny in this mix as well, you're missing Kenny, Punk, and Brian. Yeah. Right off the top. Just yeah. right. Just and the annoying part is, too, you know like, I mean? someone like Punk, like, Punk was supposed to be in that right. rushy match. Yep. So then it's like, all right, we can throw Moxley yep. and Brian together yep. against some, you know, like, there's, right. it branches off to, oh, yeah. like, quickly. Quickly. Yep. So yep. not right having, now. not having one or two of those guys just hurt. Like, I think you could have just flat out just a kenny okada like single yeah. for single yeah and then you could do jay white in a three-way yeah. like yep. there's a lot more you could have added or subtracted oh, yeah. from this but for you know, sure you can only yeah. do so Solid much show all the way through all right let's yes. talk money in the bank let's talk money in the bank money in the bank so we opened money in the bank as i pull this card up i know what opened it this was the women's crowd. This, this crowd was also very good yeah um they, we open with the women's yep. uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. I don't have star ratings. Obviously, it just happened last night. Yeah, so we're funny. just going to go off of like these ratings here. Yeah. Um, so we had Liv Morgan beating a whole bunch of other ladies. Yep. Uh, this match got 5.67 out of 10 on cage match. Um, I think the one thing with this match is it was sloppy as all heck. Yeah. I, I think they were like yeah. Shotzi looked yeah, rough i thought they tried to i thought they tried they went in with a couple directives here they went thinking okay it's hard because you didn't have like they tried to make raquel rodriguez look awesome like this ginormous like super strong and it didn't work the way they were anticipating it to work they didn't have an omas in this match to have to be forced to get rid of yeah. right like you know when you had the um you know, like that one killer, you know what I mean? Like whether it's a Nia Jax or, uh, uh, you know, um, whoever, right? Like somebody would be like, okay, we got to get rid of her mm-hmm. and then we can kind of start the match. They tried to kind of do that with Raquel and it just didn't work the same. Um, I think it was also tough because you're like, hey, you got Becky in here, you got Asuka in here, like you got some big names, but you didn't really think that anytime they were really mm-hmm. going to be the ones to win it. Yeah. Um, Liv Morgan, clearly the right decision here. Yes. Could not have been more happy yes. to see her win this. Good for her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would 100% yeah. agree. I think it was either her or... I think they were banking on like this Asuka. match particularly that the moment is going to overshadow the match anyway. Yeah. So it was like, let's just get it in the ring. Let's try to showcase others in the match that aren't necessarily the, at that level yet. While at the same time, we know Liv's going over. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because Be- Becky showing out in this match does nothing for Becky. She's already top of the card. You know what I mean? Yeah. Asuka, same thing. Um, yeah. 
we had our United States Championship match, Bobby Lashley defeating Theory mm-hmm. in 11 minutes. Uh, very, uh, it's got it, it, this match got rated 6.33. I think it's higher. Uh, I, I think, think it's a I, I would put it about seven, yeah. mid sevens. Yep. I think it was pretty good. Um, Bobby Lashley is like the most over person on earth right now. Yeah. It looks like, and yeah. it's just crazy to me because I was I like, I don't see. I just don't see. Like I don't get. I don't get. I I don't. I think right now his. I think, I think, like I think how run. I so I think how I feel about this is how you feel about how like Keith Lee being over. I I just don't understand. But here's and here's why I think Bobby. I think Bobby's run, um, with the Hurt business culminating in winning the title. Mm-hmm. I think did wonders because I think it literally was an example of Bobby Lashley breaking through. Maybe yeah. like legitimately. I don't think we've ever seen a better Bobby Lashley than the past two years. I really don't. Uh-huh. When we went from that shitty run as Intercontinental Champion with with Leo Rush to now this, two different people. Oh yeah, two completely different people. Yeah. I love the fact that Bobby's as over as he is. I think his promo was still meh, but I think that he is putting on some really good matches right now. I thought this was two different matches thrown to one because the beginning of this match it was Bobby's just dominating. I thought it was going to be a squash. Watching this, I go, Jesus, he's just mm-hmm. running through him. Told a great story at the end. I love the fact that he's the United States champion now. Um, and you look at WWE's champions right now. I don't know if they've had top to bottom as quality champions at every level right now in a hot minute. When you think about it, Roman at top. You've got Bobby Lashley as your United States champion who made the comedy like, I'm going to make this title worth something again. So that's that's makes me excited. Mm-hmm. You've got Gunther as the Intercontinental Champion, who's on a roll. Mm-hmm. You have the Usos, who are a top three tag team in the world right now at any point in time and are on a historic run. And then you've got Bianca, and then we'll talk about later. Like You've just got quality champions at every level right now. Where mm-hmm. You don't have that random, like, oh, man, Ricochet's Intercontinental Champion. Or you've got this random yeah. dude, you know what I mean? Everybody is top notch pretty much throughout, and I think that's exciting going into SummerSlam. Yep. Um, next up, we had uh, Bianca Belair defeating Carmella in seven minutes. I think this match just hurt because I don't think a single person on Earth yeah. thought Carmella was going to win. It's supposed to be Rhea Ripley. She got her brain injury yeah. thing yep. that happened. So it's uh, Bianca wins. They'll probably just set up Rhea and yeah. all right, SummerSlam if so. she's I ready. Really do. I hope so. I love Bianca Belair. She's so good. Yeah, Bianca's she's fantastic. awesome. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had by far not even close the best yeah. match on the show. Yes, it wasn't even no. close. Um, the the tag team. I thought t- the men's match was actually pretty good. Yeah. The money in the bank. This is this yeah. is great. Tag uh, both tag team title matches. Yeah. Um, it's a weird way to say it. Raw tag team and SmackDown t- titles. Unified Whatever. Tag. Unified tags. There That's the word. <laughs> All right. This this is Raw tag team slash SmackDown tag. I don't know why they don't just That's put unified. Weird. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, we had the Usos defeating the Street Profits. This match went twenty three minutes. Yeah. And it was just the most bangerish 23 minutes on earth. Yep. Um, yep. Street Profits are very good. They had a couple good NXT matches with like mm-hmm. the Unspeed Era and yeah. I think the Viking Raiders at one point or something. Mm-hmm. So they, I, I, you, like, you know that they can put on bangers, but there was like really nothing. Their entire tag title run, though, was terrible. Yeah. I did not know. Well, their tag title run was they were terrible. They were champs for like a year. Yeah. I don't think they had one match where I was like, oh, that was a really good match. I didn't, yeah. Like, it just did not hit for me. It didn't help. They had that like six month round with the Viking Raiders that was stupid yeah it was but, stupid they were just yeah. trying to showboat each other yeah. or whatever but uh, this match was awesome I'm, okay so I have a couple thoughts on this first off I'm gonna say it right here right now I think I've said it before but I'm gonna keep saying it Montez Ford's a future world champion Montez Ford is going to be a world Probably. champion Maybe. at some point and here's why he's put on weight 
He looks bigger. He's still got the, all the athleticism. He's got a great look. He can talk. He is going to be a world champion. I'm saying it now. I've made claims like this before, and it usually works out. If we were doing this show back in 2004 when I was in sixth grade, I would have told you Drew McIntyre would have been the world champion because I knew back then he is going now, to be a world champion. Is, if they ever break up this team, he is going to be a top. Now, does Montez Ford have to leave WWE for like no. six years? I, no, no, no. He is He is clearly – he is a homegrown guy. Yeah. He is, but he is the the team. Nothing against. I thought Angelo Dawkins looked really good in this match too. Yeah. I think he's slimmed down, which has helped. But Montez Ford has everything you want to be, to be a top guy. Look, good in ring work. He's a bigger guy. He's athletic as hell. Tells a great story. Great facial. Everything. Future world champion. Mark it down right now. What's the day we're recording this? July third, twenty twenty two. In three years, he's going to be on top of the card. If they break up, if they never break up the team, then I can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. But he is a world champion. Going right forward. Second thing on this match, Usos on another level. We talked about it earlier with FTR and the Bucks. Usos right now can't be stopped. I'm sorry, you can't tell me right now there's another team out there that is doing as good a work as they are. They're phenomenal. Just mm-hmm. beautiful work all the way through. And... With the added thing at the very end where it was like his shoulder was up and they acknowledged it on television. The fact that they're thinking about maybe this is going to be SummerSlam now, potentially, as the rematch. I hope they don't blow it on Raw. They put this on SummerSlam. They give it 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Let's go. All for it. Yes, please. Twice on Sunday. All good. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful match. Um, Okay. I, okay, I had to check something because okay. I, I, I read something wild about this, oh, okay. but we'll, we'll get to it later. All right. Um, so we, our next match, we had uh, SmackDown Women's title was our co-main. Yep. We had Ronda Rousey defeating Natalia in 12 good minutes. Match. Good match, by the way. Uh, I actually yeah. enjoyed this. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Ronda gets the win. Obviously. But obviously, I think the biggest story out oh, of this yeah. match was she's sitting there, her knees all jacked up, yep. all the shits. Mm-hmm. And then Liv Morgan comes out, huge scoots out pop. with a huge pop. Yeah. You know, it, it reminded me of like, the Ziggler pop. It like did. It was a huge. Yep. And she comes out, cashes in, and the funniest part about it. Now, yeah. so this this part of the match only went 32 seconds, which when I watched it again, I was like, this feels like a lot longer than 32 seconds. Yeah. But she, yeah. <laughs> Liv Morgan hits her. And then Rhonda just catches her, and I was like, "Is she really about to just?" Like, I did. I did. Try, I went, I was oh, she's like, gonna tap out. She's gonna, gonna tap out really quick this here. Gonna this is gonna be really bad. Yeah. But uh, she gets out. She kicks her in the knee and rolls her up and wins yep. the title. Yeah. And this, so I looked this up yep. because I I read it somewhere, yep. and I legitimately did not believe it. What? So four of the last five women's Money in the Bank ladder winners have cashed in immediately. Have cashed in the first like two hours. Yeah. Bailey did it. Uh, I just looked. So it's yeah. Alexa. So the first Alexa winner Bliss, was yeah. Carmella. She held it for a good amount of time. Yeah, she did. It was Alexa Bliss, two hours and fifty-two minutes. Yeah. Bailey, one hour and twenty-five minutes. Yeah. Oscar held it for twenty-five days until she. Yeah. Well, she got. She won the briefcase, and then Becky had to. She had to vacate it, so right. then she just won the won title it. through yeah. the vacation. Yeah. Um, Nikki ASH one day, the, the next, next night, night on Raw, yep. and then Liv Morgan tonight. Yep. And I was like, man, they just don't hold. They're just no. like, no, we're not running with it. No. It's same day well, almost every single time. Well, I think you have a men and women's, so you can do that with one of them, yeah. and you still have that other one, so you can kind of – Yeah, no, you know no, no. I mean? yeah, no. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. Like, it is crazy. I, I saw it on Twitter yesterday where it was like – I thought they said the last five. I was like, yeah. no, Asuka held it for a little bit. Yeah. Not very long, but like yeah. a little bit of time. Right. But, yeah, literally four of the last five have been same-night cash-ins, which I thought was just – 
a wild stat to to know. Uh, Uh, But anyway, but yeah, so Liv Morgan's new champion. This is pretty crazy. Great. Good for her. This is the, I I think, this is why I always go back to. It is the epitome of somebody literally starting from the very bottom in the Riot Squad, right? And you just, you literally, those are the moments where you go, yep, right call, right time. Everything kind of works out for, like, because we looked at it and we go, man, she's going to face, you know, Becky like three times and she's not going to beat her once, you know, to get the title. It's like, man, where do you go? This is when you go, bam. You know what I mean? And you, you finally see that moment where you go, yup, broke through the glass ceiling, and now you have a new star. Just like that. It's really just that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, this is great work done by pretty much everybody. Yeah. My only my only worry comes in yeah. is this will probably end I don't up being want, a SummerSlam yeah. match. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, want Ron. Right yeah, away. I don't want her yeah. to lose it right away. I don't. Either. I have a worry that she will lose it right away. Yeah, but maybe Ron is walking away for a little bit too. You don't know, yeah. right? There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff here that can, that can happen. Nope. So. And then our true main event, we had um, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. So we had a whole bunch of people, you know, qualifying, doing yep. their thing. And then right before the match is about to start, we have all seven guys sitting there. And then Adam Pierce strolls out with his cute little self <laughs> and goes, Oh, yeah, I was just told we got one more person in this yep. match. Seriously. And everyone, oh, we'll say it after. And then, yeah, we, we look, we think it's going to be a debut yeah, or a returning guy, cool. someone yeah. really cool. And it's Theory. He yep. walks out. Um, so now it's an eight-man Money in the Bank ladder match, and theory wins. Theory wins. Yeah. And this one, the crowd just said, "All right, all right, that's yeah, fine, whatever." Yeah, not good. They so, did not send the crowd home happy on this. No, one. they did not. No. Um, so theory wins the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, yeah. It's fine. Um, he wasn't in the match for very long at all. If you like time the amount of screen yeah. time he had, I think it was a couple minutes yeah. out of the twenty-five minutes that this match went. Um, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, you'd have 18. Yeah, because it was they were in this match forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Theory wins. Like I said, I, you know, we, talk, we uh, talked about it off air. I still think that if, if seen as the plan, they are trying to make Theory as formidable slash as impressive, whatever you want to call it, to justify having him face Cena. Yeah. I think that's the reason. I don't even know... I, I there's only one thing I hope doesn't come out of this. Theory can't be the one to cash in on Reigns. Yeah. Can't happen. Cannot happen. Not with both titles on the line like this. If you want to tell me that Drew McIntyre and Sheamus are going to fight for the Universal Title on SmackDown and Theory comes in and cashes in, totally different story. Not here. Not now. Not with this guy. Not with this champion. Not with this run. It's mm-hmm. not a thing. It shouldn't happen. I'll be very very upset if it does. Um. I don't even know if Theory is the guy to cash in. Mm-hmm. I still don't. It, you, someone's going to have to tell me, try to convince me otherwise right now. Obviously, like, well, Vince is Vince, whatever. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you don't put two and a half years worth of, of, of work into Roman just to have this 24-year-old dude who you are very high on. He is going to be a future champion. It's going to happen. He's got ev- everything about Montez Ford I just said. It's all Theory. He, theory can do it all. But not now. It's not the time, not with both titles being unified right now, not when you've got potential historic matchups with Cody or The Rock or whatever. It's not the time. So if Theory is the guy to cash in, not now. And if he's not the guy, I won't be shocked to see the SummerSlam match be for the money to make briefcase. Mm-hmm. Cena comes in, he goes, listen, he goes, I'm coming back, blah, 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 blah. You're calling me out like that, but that's really what I'm after. You're just in the way yeah. type deal. Yeah, you Cena know? comes back. He's like, I want my 17th. 17th. Right, exactly. And we're kind of off and running, right? Yeah. Because at least if Cena did it, you go, all right, well, it's John Cena. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a different palatable thing. I, as much as I am for treating 
people like top stars if you want them to be top stars. In this particular moment, for at least the next six months, if you're fighting Cody Roman for Mania, mm-hmm. let's just assume you're not getting The Rock. Okay, let's just assume that. Yeah. Roman needs to be untouchable. Uh-huh. He has to be untouchable. Cody comes back, wins the Rumble. We're off and running. Cody beats him. One, two, three. Yeah. Cool. Until If that's the plan, you can't have this weird blip in between. Can't happen. So... I'm okay with it for now. I was not thrilled last night when I watched it. Uh-huh. I was like, meh. But I don't. I still don't know. It's kind of like when Otis won it, where you go, okay, well, he clearly can't be the guy to cash in. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. So what are they going to do about it? Yeah. I can see him losing it somewhere very quickly, even yeah. even Monday night, and be like, oh, all right, okay, all things right in the world type deal. You know what I mean? Yes. So, well, this card, though, overall, I thought delivered. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I think, all right, last bit of news from this card yeah. that I should have said when it happened yeah. was the mystery vignette that it's appeared. Edge. What? It's Edge. You think it's Edge? Oh, a thousand percent. I thought, a lot of people were saying it was like Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I would love for it to be Bray, um, but I think it's Edge. Okay. This, this is the one of the things that WWE does that drives me up a wall is they make this vignette like it's going to be somebody new and gets everybody excited just for it to be The Undertaker. And yeah. you go, oh, okay. Like, remember that when The Undertaker? It was yeah. like, oh, maybe it's Sting. Everyone's like, oh, no, it's not it's yeah. Sting. It's The Undertaker. Nothing against The Undertaker. Love The Undertaker. But, like, when you put that time in and you get people excited just for it to be Edge, Yeah. nothing against Edge. I love Edge. I will appreciate the fact that Edge at this age, at this time in his career, is coming back and doing his thing. But he's Edge. Yeah. He, he's he's awesome on his own. He's one of the top ten of all time in, mm-hmm. in a lot of people's minds. So it's like you don't have to yeah. you don't gotta put a vignette together. But I think based on the vignette, they have the glasses, they had all those other stuff. I just think it's gonna be edge. Okay. Yeah. Who did you who did you think it was? I thought it was Bray Wyatt. Oh you did? Yeah, oh, okay. You actually that's what, like, be that's, oh, okay. that's what I wa- like yeah. when I watched it, I thought it was gonna be him and then I everyone think it's edge, people on Twitter think. were like, Oh my god, it's Bray Wyatt and yeah. I was like I would love if Bray I came back. Know. I think it'd be a great shot in the arm for him, quite frankly. Yeah. But I will say this about WWE, though. With these Money in the Bank wins, Liv Morgan, Theory, keep ascending, my mm-hmm. friends. Making new stars. Mm-hmm. It's got to happen eventually, so I'm going to throw that out there, too. All right, let's shift focus here a little bit. Let's talk Red Wings here. Got, we finally, after months and months and months of discussion, deliberation, whatever you want to call it, we have a new head coach for your Detroit Red Wings. Derek Lalonde, former assistant coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning, was hired by Eisenman a few years ago uh, on staff. Um, just I just kind of wanted to get this out there quickly. Uh, he had his presser. He kind of reiterated the Eisenman sentiment of, you know, I'm not going to quote wins because that's ridiculous. This is going to be a slow burn. We got to start doing things the right way, blah, 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 blah. Um, thoughts on the hire? Because it definitely felt like he was kind of the guy this entire time. Yeah. I don't want to compare it to the Matt Patricia thing, but it felt very Matt patricia E type deal where it's yeah. like, as soon as he's done, we're going to hire him. And yeah. it was like, but no one really, because Eisenman didn't say anything because the NFL's not, and the NHL's not covered like the NFL is. But this very much felt like we interviewed him and immediately like, oh, no, this is the guy. Oh, no, that's how, that's how I felt, too. Yeah. It was like you yeah. had that one penciled-in guy, and you were just kind of waiting yeah. and waiting for them to get eliminated just yeah. to be able Players to Players coach, right? Players coach, yep. which is a little bit of a, a derivative from what um, uh, Eisenman said, right? Eisenman's like, I always like the guys who you kind of hated during the day, but he always made you better. So I'm interested to see kind of this hybrid, because if, if that's what Eisenman was looking for, and then the number one thing that Lalonde said was, well, I'm, uh, you know, what's the one thing you can say about yourself that, you know, players he goes the thing that i stick by is my relationships with my players so clearly in communication so he's like wow so he's clearly a player's coach but at the same time he's got a little bit of a hard ass in him so 
I'm interested to see kind of how that works. But I do think that uh, – I think it was a good hire, though. I mean, you can't hurt to have a guy that you're familiar with and a guy that you hired the first time around and, you know, back-to-back-to-back Stanley Cup final appearances. Yeah. Clearly, some proof in the pudding there. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of glad. Would you have preferred to see a guy like Lalonde, who's never been a head coach in the NHL before, or would you have preferred to see a guy like Barry Trotz, who has won a ton of games, right, in the NHL, former Stanley Cup champion with Washington? Would you rather them gone more of the experienced route, or are you happy with a guy that maybe you're like he's an up and comer? Let's get him now while the team is also yeah. on the. No, I I always prefer the up and comer generally. Yeah, me too, um, for the most part. Especially yeah. like like when you compare the NFL and NBA, like if you get that young up and coming coach, it changes everything. It changes the Rams everything. are the most perfect example yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jeff Fisher, most tenured, like oh let's let's try this. Didn't work. Yeah. You Sean McVay immediately in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So same thing with uh, Kyle Shanahan, where you, just, you pull him in and yep. your first year in, he's in the Super Bowl. Yep. Like it's stuff like that where like if you the team grows with the coach, yep. and it all just kind of like flows together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm really much more hope the Lions are doing honestly. I yeah. think it's the I, still you know, it's still worried about that man. I'm not as worried as you are, man. I, I think he's got enough coaches around him where I don't think he's going to Maybe. Decisions. You know what I mean? Maybe. He starts making stupid call calls and, you know, <laughs> we'll on, see. on the back and forth type of deal, then yeah. all of a sudden we'll have problems okay. until that happens. Anyway, all right, let's just focus here a little bit more. Let's jump into the NFL and NCAA here because uh, big news coming out for the Big Ten. We've got USC, UCLA joining the Big Ten in 2024. Mm-hmm. Didn't see this one coming. Did not see it. Like, I get a text from you. You go, what the hell is going on? And I go, I don't understand what's going on either. Yeah. Um, West Coasters. Random. Super random. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time they come to the big house or they go to Ohio State for an away game in November, they're going to be like, this sucks. Yeah. Um, thoughts on this? I don't, there, we don't have a ton of information on it, right? It's just kind of like there. Mm-hmm. There's potential that Notre Dame could be coming to the Big Ten at some point as well. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I think it. I mean, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I it's think, crazy. I, I, like to, I don't. I don't love it because UCLA I like, is like great. We're gonna finish ninth. <laughs> I, I like the Big Ten being regional and like the the yes, Northeast. I do too. So having just two West Coast guys randomly, which just, just randomly from the yeah. West Coast, is kind of weird. Yeah. Um. But I ha- okay. So listen to this, Rob. Okay. I think I think I have someone that might tickle your taste buds a little bit. Oh boy. So I have a fun idea. Okay. To make college football better. All right. Not expanding playoffs. Not expanding. Well. <laughs> We're taking away the playoff. Oh boy! No, no, but but there's going to be its own playoff. Okay. All right, listen to this. Playoff within a playoff. Inception. It's a, it's a play- yeah, it is inception. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. All right. So people have been throwing out the idea of having the two mega conferences, okay. having the Big Ten and the SEC just be two ginormous conferences because no one cares about the other other Big conference. Twelve Pack comes like, hey. <laughs> ACC ACC's like we got one team. ACC is like we were good for four years. <laughs> But anyway, we'll go wrong with them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. The AAC is like, we're, we, we had a team go into the final four. Oh, Don't get me wait, wrong. Wait, Cincinnati left? Never mind. We'll shut up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I, I have this really cool idea where, yeah. so if you could pull, so you got USC and you got UCLA, mm-hmm. at least from the Big Ten side. Mm-hmm. If you could get Oregon mm-hmm. and Washington yeah. to leave the Pac 12 and come to the Big Ten, yeah. I think what you Ooh. could do is you could have four divisions of four yeah in the big 10 okay. so you have division so you have the you have the west coast division yeah. and then you have right, right. you di- you divide them yeah. however you want yeah. right mm-hmm. so what you the schedule wise you would look at is you play your own division every single year and then you play another full division and then you play the worst team 
in the other two divisions, that equals nine games. Okay. Three, four, seven, and then nine. Okay. So that's how you get your nine conference games. Then you play your three non-conference games okay. or whatever. Or yeah. However, whatever else you want to your schedule. Armies, navies, you know, or yeah, UCFs, or UCFs yeah. or whatever. So that's how you get your 12 games. Okay. Then you have a mini Big Ten playoff. Okay. And the SEC is doing the exact same thing. You have right. four divisions, yeah. everything, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then you have – so the winner of each division yeah. goes into a mini playoff for the right. best record team – plays the worst record team of the division winners mm-hmm. and then the two, and middle, then two guys. middle guys, yep. right? So you do a mini playoff run in the Big Ten, a mini playoff run in the SEC, and then the winner of the Big that. Ten, winner of the SEC, play each other in a national championship game. That's fine with me. I think that'd be better. I think that'd be fine. Because it's kind of like you expand the playoff in the way of, like, you're getting all the best teams. Yeah, you're getting all the best 40 teams, right. putting them in two mega conferences, right. and... Letting them all compete against each other, and you give yourself a little more breathing room because you're like, you okay, I can't shoot losses. Yeah, because now if you're if you're Oregon, USC, if you're those four, it's like as long as I'm better than these three, you don't have to be better than seven teams. Right, exactly. It's just these. I just three. gotta get. To, I just gotta be the best in my division of four teams. Yes. Here. So like, okay. if it's like Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and who would name a team? I don't yeah. know. It would probably be Ohio State, but right, like right, whatever. Right, right. It's like I only have to be better than Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. If you're Michigan or if you're Ohio State, you only have to be better than these three teams. So I feel like the the fluctuation of teams getting into this playoff will be better mm-hmm. because you only have to be better than X amount, like three teams. You get more teams vying for a championship yeah. eligibility. As long as Michigan and Michigan and Ohio State, or as long as Michigan and Ohio State are not in the same division, yeah, I'd be totally. I think the yeah, I think the only I think you'd probably put them because of the rivalry yeah, game. Yeah. Like my idea would not let yeah. them play every single year, guaranteed. Yeah. And so I think you'd want them to like them. Like if you had Michigan, Michigan State in separate sides, like you're not going to have them play every year. That'd yeah. be weird for the Big Ten. Right. So I feel like the, a lot of the rivalries you try to like connect to keep them in the same spots. Well, I just don't want it to always come down to Ohio State, Michigan always have to play each other to determine which team goes into it. Yeah. Better than a Wisconsin team. Yeah, but that's why I think if you split up some of the divisions. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's hard because sometimes like a team gets really hot and really good, yeah, like sure. or whatever. But I think generally, I think you could split up divisions where you put maybe Penn State and Wisconsin in one division. Yeah. So it's like okay, those two teams are usually pretty good, so they're always fighting. Yeah. Right. You put Michigan, yeah, yeah. Ohio State together because they're always going to be fighting. Yeah, USC, USC, Oregon, yeah. always going to be fighting. So like, it's not going to be like oh, Ohio State wins this division every single year. Right. Or whatever the yeah, case. Yeah. So I think that's a fun way if you're not going to expand the playoff to have two like mini playoffs go on right and then have them play in the national yeah. championship game right. um the only downside to that is if you're not in the power five you're, you're, no, there's no way yeah so i think i think to change that you would have a non-power five national championship game yeah. where you have people from the mountain west and the aac and playing and the stuff po- non-power five versus the power five championships go at it and we got a 45 game schedule yeah that'd be a great time but yeah so i think i think that would be a fun way at least for football i don't know if you could apply it to basketball and everything i think, I think but you're gonna see the transition of all these other conferences go away and you're gonna have four conferences i think i think that's, that's eventually that's, where that's we're gonna, gonna go happen. i think you're gonna get probably, i think you're gonna see four conferences and i think you're gonna see an eight game playoff yeah and i think i think uh the pac-12 is gonna be the one to go yeah but i do too i do too yep i think it's just gonna be one of those things where it's like it's slowly but surely gonna pick ones yeah. off and then you're going to see, like, the Notre Dames join one place, right? Because that's a big one. And then, like I said, four division, four conferences, eight, you know, so two, 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 or however the hell you want to yeah. do it, top eight, however. Well, I think, yeah, it. so I think I think in, in terms of that way, I think you would do the winner of 
the conference yeah. gets a guaranteed bid, right, the and then the four, other four yeah. get chosen yeah. by a committee, right. which keeps the committee alive because the committee can choose the other four. Right, especially if, like, like the case of Ohio State, right? Ohio State would make it as a sixth seed because yes. Michigan won the Big Ten, so it's like, okay, well, Michigan's going in. All right, who else? Ohio State's good yeah. enough. This team's good enough. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think that's probably the easiest way to You do an expansion, yeah. four, four conferences. Yep. Yeah division winners yeah. and then or conference winners and then four extra teams it it's probably the easiest way i think my way is a lot more fun though because oh, I, I, I like having the mini playoff yeah. and then it's like all right these are like the two best teams yeah, are right. playing each yeah. other because there, there were weird times where you get like georgia alabama are going to play as like a two seven yeah. and it's like but these two might be the two best, best you know what i mean like yeah, so yeah, sure. i want i want there to be yeah consistency, consistency. Right. yeah for sure i get that but you know, I'm interested though. I think USC is like, oh yeah, we're gonna come in. We got Lincoln Riley, blah 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 blah, just to finish third in the Big Ten every year. But it's fine. Um, yeah. It's gonna be tough because I like like the Pac-12 is not notorious for defense. Yeah. So it's and like. And Oklahoma. And yeah, yeah, but they're, that's that's what I'm saying though. The entire time you got there, and then you got steamrolled by the teams who can run the ball and who can stop you just twice, yeah. and then you can't stop anybody else. No offense, but as good as Oklahoma is, Ohio State would have beat them. Ohio State's had such good teams, both defensively and offensively. Michigan this year would have beat some of those Oklahoma teams, like defensively. Yeah. It's just, I, I, it's one of those things where I know there's some excitement there. It's like, oh, okay, but honestly, if you're USC, you would have rather stayed where you were because you pretty much had a golden route to your championship game every year. Mm. Oregon's gonna take a step back. They lost their head coach. I wonder, I wonder what side they're gonna. I wonder if they're gonna have to realign the conferences again then. They should in 2024. They should. I, I would be fine. You need to move two teams between Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State. You need to move yeah. two of those over. You do. Because, Pro- yeah. because here's the thing. You can still get Michigan State versus Michigan, and you can still do Ohio State or Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. But it allows for what I think you would ultimately want is if you're looking in the traditional sense, man, you get Ohio State, Michigan potentially back-to-back. Yeah. Those are, that's a ratings bonanza. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they went in the national championship game. They could not. Yeah. It's the most iconic rivalry. Yeah, my thing is, is they just go east-west. Obviously, yeah. they're two west. Yeah. So that means you'd know. be moving two teams from the west to yeah. the east. Yeah. So, yeah, I, like, you're, mo- you're moving what, Iowa, Northwestern, probably, or something, right. which yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. really do much because no. they're not going to win the east anyway, right, probably. Right. But I'd just be interested to see that because I do think that has been the fundamental issue so far has been, like, you got a six-win Wisconsin team potentially yeah. playing for a chance to go to the Big Ten title game. You go, this team's going to get destroyed yeah. by Michigan State, by Ohio State. I don't State. remember that. I don't think since they realigned, the West has won a year. Wisconsin didn't win one? I don't think so. You don't think so? I thought they won one time. I thought it was, I thought Ohio State won like five in a row. Hmm. I'd have to go back and look now, but I don't know. I mean, you might be right. Either way, they're not very good. They're never very good. That's probably- uh, Okay, at worst, it's eight and one, I think, or no, something. No, because I think one year was, it was Wisconsin and Penn State. And neither neither team oh. went to the final four. Maybe. That's why we don't remember it. Well, I can foresee that happening. Okay, I could look let's, at that. But well, yeah. let's let's get let's end this here. We got the NFC East. We got to talk about here because as we <laughs> let's skip this fun we, college football talk to get to the yeah, NFC East. Yeah. <laughs> let's because I do think um, you know we we talked about last week the NFC North. We kind of going through each individual position group for each team and we're ranking them one through four. Uh, we were playing around maybe doing the AFC North this week, but the AFC North sounds a lot more fun than the a- NFC East, so we're trying to get all the crap out of the way now. Um, <laughs> so we're going to do the NFC East this week. 
Uh, hope you guys are staying with us here. We're an hour and ten minutes in, but let's let's jump right in here though because I do think this is going to be relatively quick, just based on the fact the NFC East is dog poo. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do we want to start, Mike? We start offense this week. We start defense this week. We're always going to start offense. Okay, we're going offense. You defense. play quarterback in high school. Yeah, yeah you can. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start with the quarterbacks. Okay. Because how I mentally break down rosters. That's a pretty good one. All right, we it's got. Not. It's not. It is not. We got no. Dak Prescott from the Cowboys, Jalen Hurts yeah. from the Eagles, Daniel Jones from the Giants, and Washington. Let's see. They name Carson. Obviously, it's going to be Carson Wentz. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be. It. Even though Taylor Heineke is upset about, about it. it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, so Dak, Jalen, Carson, Daniel Jones, or do you have Carson above Jalen Hurts? That's really the question. I think. Yeah, that is the question. I would probably put. Uh, Jalen Hurts slightly above, yeah. but I think it's like a coin flip. Yeah, it's one of those days. Like, who's got the ball? What what quarter is it? First quarter, I'm going to take Carson Wentz. Fourth quarter, uh, we're going to lose the game. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't know. But yeah, Dex clear one. Daniel yeah. Jones is clear four. Yeah. The other two are in the middle. Yeah. All right, running backs. Uh, this one's very interesting. Yeah. I feel like so. Cowboys obviously got Zeke and Tony Pollard. Are there one Love and Tony two? Pollard, he's really good. Uh, Saquon and Matt Breida are the Giants. Eagles got Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. Sure. And Washington has Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. Ooh, I do like them, too. Those are good guys, too. Um, so this one's tough. This one I would tough. actually... I still think I have the Cowboys won. Uh, yes. So I would have Cowboys won because I like... I, I love Tony Pollard. And I, think I do, too. Zeke, Zeke, I, I think, so you have I think, to kind of roll with that. I think Tony that. Pollard is one of the most underrated NFL players. Right and now. I think the Giants are still actually four. I do, too. Even with Saquon. No, I do, too. I have... Um, I probably have, I would have, I would I have Washington, too. I do, too. And Miles Sanders yeah. is three. I think probably. Antonio Gibson is really is good. Very, very underrated. I think J.D. McKissick just kind of brings down slightly more as but like a running back J.D. McKissick is that third down change of pace, catches the ball really well out of the backfield. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's he's the theoretic of yeah. their team, right? So as we saw, he was a, a former Lion. Um, I like Miles Sanders quite a bit. Don't know anything about Kenneth Gainwell, but um, no. but then like Matt Breida's he's not Matt Breida's not good, and Saquon's yeah. injury problem. Is Saquon's yeah. healthy? I think he's third. I think they're probably third, just based on the combination. Yes. So I'm going to be interested to see what Saquon. This is a big year for Saquon. Mm-hmm. This, this is a contract well, year too. He ain't going to get paid. No. So yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, wide receiver group. And he's playing for. He's playing in that Buffalo offense now, and you know how they do. Yeah, they don't. They don't. <laughs> but you also had Josh Allen. So Daniel Jones and Josh Allen are like complete. Uh, it's literally no farther ends of the spectrum you could possibly get. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, it's really, really not, almost as far. It's as you honestly can get. not close. No. Uh, why Top five or six? I th- so uh, what, what I think will be the closest debate here okay. in these is the wide receiver group. Ooh, I think these wide receiver groups are really good. Yeah. So, Cowboys, we got Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb, yeah. and James Washington. Oh, they're three yeah. named. Um, did they keep Cedric Wilson? They did not. They did not. No, okay. he went to Miami, That's I right. Thank you. Uh, New York Giants got Kenny Galladay, Cardanius Tony, and Sterling Shepard. Okay. The Eagles have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Quiz Watkins. That one sticks out. Looks a little bit. And Jalen Rieger's a four. I don't know if you want to sub him in or not, but... No. And then the Washington Commanders had Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. Okay, so Washington. Washington's won. definitely one. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put the uh, the Eagles at two. Okay. I'm gonna put the. 
I'm actually gonna put I think the Giants at three, three. and the Cowboys at four. Yeah, I would I would I would probably actually no, that's probably exactly yeah. what I would do too. Because and here's my logic with that, right? Ceedee Lamb, while very talented, very streaky, very very streaky. Yep. I don't think Gallup's the number one. Ceedee Lamb has yet to prove that he's a number one, um, and so that's gonna be tough, right? The Giants, I feel like. Even with, I think Sterling Shepard is underrated, and I think Darius Tony, I think, is a bit underrated. I think Colladay is overpaid, but when he's healthy, he's really good. I do think he has more depth mm-hmm. more than anything else. So, I think Dak is going to help. I can't believe I'm saying this. Dak is going to help that receiving room look better than I think on talent alone than it actually. Yes, is. I would agree with that. So, so yeah, I would go Washington. Washington has no reason why they shouldn't be putting up points this year. I'm sorry, Terry McLaurin. Is awesome. Curtis yeah. Samuel, fantastic. John Dodson's gonna be John Dodson's your first round pick. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, yeah, I'd go Washington. Yeah, Eagles, Giants. AJ Cowboys. Brown's a stud. That's yeah. such a great move. Him, right him and Devontae Smith are gonna such be a killer. A, I mean, the Titans are stupid. That, that's the thing I worry about with the Lions in Week One when they play the Eagles. Is yeah. I'm like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. I know. I know. It's gonna be a I tough know. one too. I'm hoping there. if nothing else, it gets to a shootout because I'm hoping DJ Chark and St. Brown and. Maybe Jameson Williams. I don't know if he's going to start. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to start playing. That's why. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Either way, though, he got some weapons. All right, tight end room here. So we yeah. got Dalton Schultz playing for yeah. the Cowboys. Yep. Giants got Daniel Bellinger and Richard Seals-Jones. Ugh. Eagles have Dallas Goddard. And Washington Man has got Logan Thomas. Um, So well, I actually – I think I like Dallas Goddard from Philly the yes, most. I do too. I think Giants are four. Yeah, I think you've got – I think it goes – I think it goes Goddard, Schultz, Logan Thomas, guys from the Giants. <laughs> yeah, like Ricky um, Seals Jones. I so my thing was I had so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in fantasy. Yeah. I had Logan Thomas in fantasy, and he put up decent numbers in yeah. fantasy last year. Yeah. I think he was top ten in fantasy last year. Yeah. But I think Dalton Schultz is probably better, and he didn't play any, at all last year. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of hard that we're looking from like a couple years back trying to yeah. figure out if he's good. So I'm gonna say, stick with you and say. Eagles, Cowboys, Washington Giants. Yeah. Um, but like I think there's a clear one in four. Yes. And I do think Logan Thomas and I Schultz. Think it depends I think. on the game. I think Dalton Schultz at the end of the day, I think offers a little more upside because he can block a little bit better than Logan yeah. Thomas could. So I think he's a better all around tight end than Logan Thomas is. Yeah. All right. Offensive lines. These are gonna be fun because these names are just these are bad. All right. Uh Cowboys. So we go left tackle to right tackle, yep. right? Tyron Smith, Tyler Still. Smith, Tyler uh Lazdez, he's a Wisconsin yeah. center. Yeah. Uh, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele. That's their five. I forgot Lael Collins is in Cincinnati now. I was expecting, I was like, oh, I'm Lael Collins. I got near like Terrence. I'm like, who? Yep. Yeah. All right. They also just drafted a tackle, too. So he could potentially be in the starter. But nonetheless, yes. continue. The uh, guy that no one's ever heard of yep. before. But Giants got Boy. Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemux, John Flemings, Mark Glaukowski, and Evan Neal. Okay, sure. I like. I, like to ta- I was gonna say I love their tackles. <laughs> that that interior play, I'm not. I'm not there. Um, Eagles, uh, Jordan Malita, Landon yeah. Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Sem. Oh God, Samalwa, Samalwa, yeah, and Lane Johnson, Sayamalo, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and then Lane and Johnson's Johnson. the right tackle. Okay, and then Washington, you got Charles Leno Jr., yep. Andrew Norwell, Chase Rulier, Trey Turner. And then Sam Cosme is the right tackle. Oh boy, none of these offensive lines are great. Yeah, I think I, I love how we went through the NFC North. We're like, we like 
like two of the offensive lines are like yeah. pretty dang good, yeah. and the other two we can kind of talk Somebody about. Somebody had the Lions ranked like 16 in offensive lines yeah. this year, and I was like, you guys are drunk. Yeah. I go, if you're going based off last year, well, no shit, they never played. The, they didn't play any snaps together. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I I think I'm gonna go. Um, Thanks. This is rough. I'm gonna say I like the Giants the most just because I love their tackles. Really. But, like, their interior play, I don't know. Um, do we like Cowboys or Eagles? I like more? the Eagles, I think, the best. And then I have the Cowboys. And then I think I would have the Giants. The Giants and Washington are close because I think I like the interior better for the Washington, Washington a lot more. Yes, but I like the tackles, like the tackles a lot tackles. more. Yeah. So I, I, but I, I prefer tackle play over guard oh, yeah, play, I, I think. So yeah. that's why. I just, yeah, I don't know, but. I'll go with whatever you say. I like here's the thing: the Cowboys have more experience. Like Tyron Smith's been top tackle for years, yeah. right? Um, Zach Martin, is- Zach Martin, Zach Martin. He's fantastic as well. Yes. So you've got like the legit all pros on Dallas's side. Yeah. Um, I think the Eagles have a, the best disbursement of talent, though, right? Yeah. Lane Johnson's really good. Jason Kelsey's been there. Um, oh, the Eagles also have Andre Dillard. Who's not yes. listed as their starter? Yeah, he could be a right. But, he, he but I think he could definitely be too. a left tackle. Yes. I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles first because yeah. I like a lot of their name value there. Yeah. Then I will take Cowboys too because yeah. I didn't, I forgot about like yeah. I didn't even think about Zach Martin being great until yeah. like you said. I was yeah, like, yeah, he's an yes, yeah. And then I'll do, I'll do Giants in Washington. Sure, I agree. Perfect. Lock it down. All right. So offensively, I never heard of some of those guys on those two lines. So I was like, yeah. All right. All right. So so if we were to rate the offenses of this, boy. I think for me, I would probably put Giants or four. Yes. I think we can say that. <laughs> Giants fans are like, tell us what we don't know. <laughs> yeah, Giants are four. <laughs> it was like Chicago last week. It was like, all right, so Giants are just four. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I will put – that's crazy. Do I like Washington the best? No. Here's what's frustrating about the Washington Commanders. They should be the best team. They should be, but their quarterback is so bad yeah. that it takes them down. Because you look at skill position, their offensive line is not the – they have the best skill position in the in their division. That's it's what I'm really saying. Not, we, we it's just, really not close. We just went through running yes. back, tight end, and, and yeah, receiver. Exactly. I'd take over any of them. Yes. But the offensive line and stuff, I'm like, ah. Yeah. Dallas doesn't have the talent, but they have Dak Prescott, who plays That's better than he, average. And I, once again, I can't believe I'm saying this. He helps that. I'm going to put – Actually, you know, I'm going to put the Eagles at one. Really? Because I think Jalen Hurts is like a good in between mix, and I like the receiver room. I like their tight end, and I like their running back. I'm gonna put Washington one. Okay, you're gonna I, put Washington I, because, one because I can't. If 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 the Lions had Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas, mm-hmm. I'd be like, we should be competing with. We should be putting 35 points up. I'm sorry, yeah. those are studs. Curtis yeah. Samuel is in your number two option is awesome. Yeah, I wanted the Lions to sign him. So badly last offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the – yeah, I'm going to put Washington one. <sighs> Boy. I'm going to put Dallas two because Dak is much better than Jalen Hurts. I love A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I have Eagles three. I don't – oh, God, bad. The quarterback sucks so bad. Oh. <laughs> the problem is, though, it's like I think I like Washington's weapons better, but their quarterback kills it. That's what I mean. Like I think I the Eagles for me, it's like I like Hurts oh. a lot more, so I'm like – with their weapons and everything, I, th- I think mine is Eagles. Who do you think wins the division? Do you think Dallas wins it still, or do you think Eagles? See, that's the funny thing. Okay, let's let's do defense first. Okay, all right, let's go. Because I think Jesus. defense makes a lot of difference in this too. Oh. All right, so we're gonna hit up the defensive lines. Okay. Okay. Washington has the best defensive line. 
It's not close. Okay, so Dallas has got Demarcus Lawrence, yep. Neville Gallimore, you know, you, the famous. Yeah, the famous guy. Uh, Osa, there's the longest last name of all time, so yep. we're just going to call him Osa. Okay. And uh, Dorrance do Armstrong is nope. the right defense end. It would be Randy Gregory, but they're stupid. Yep. Uh, Although, jo- that's a lot of money for Randy Gregory. It was. So. <laughs> uh, the Giants D-line. We got Leonard Jeez. Williams, Justin Ellis, Dexter Lawrence, Aziz Ujurie. No. Philadelphia Eagles. Which is actually really good, actually. We got Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrove, Derek Barnett. Yeah. And then Washington Commanders, you got Chase Young, Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. So by far, Washington's got the best D-line. Washington, Philadelphia, Dallas, Giants. Yes. Yes. That's exactly yes. However, I could easily make – you can make the argument that in a year from now, the Eagles have the worst defensive line because they're old. Yeah. Now, the Giants have put – Thibodeau at linebacker. So okay. when we do the pass rush idea, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's going to flip anything. I still think no. it's probably going to be what it is. No. But you know why? Because um, the the Leonard Williams has not turned out to be um, anything all that spectacular. Yes. So all right, linebacking crew. Yep. Leighton Vanderush, Michael Parsons for Dallas. Okay. That is just unbelievable. Yeah, Vanderush um, is not very good, but Michael no. Parsons is really good. New York Giants. We got. Um, Trey Crowder, wow, Tay Crowder and Blake Martinez. Not Jay Crowder. Not Jay Crowder. He's (laughs) a basketball player. Tay Crowder, Blake Martinez, Kayvon Thibodeau is your linebacking crew for the Giants. Philadelphia Eagles, we got Kaiser White and TJ Edwards and Hassan Reddick. And Washington Commanders have uh, Jamin Davis, Cole Holcomb, and that's it. They only have two linebackers. Yikes. Okay. So not great linebacker play. Yeah, so here. Dallas is I'd say Dallas is one Dallas just because is one they have the Michael, best player. Yeah, they have the best player. Um I would put the Giants probably at two. I like the Eagles because Kazir White from the Chargers was like yeah. kind of good. Okay. And Hassan Reddick is really good. Yeah. So I put the Eagles I put Dallas one, Eagles two, Giants, Giants three, three, Washington four. Sure. I agree with that. Okay. Why not? And then we go through the not s- good linebacking. You know, you're noticing, right, that the linebacking course is turning into how Madden's, where it's just like, yeah. let's just put a hybrid, a hybrid, yeah, there. yeah, it is. That's what's happening. Yeah. And then we got our defensive back. So for the Cowboys, you ready for this one? Oh boy. We got Anthony Brown, Jaron Curse, Malik Hooker, Trevon Diggs, and Jordan Lewis as the nickelback. Okay. Uh, Giant Lewis was a lockdown for Michigan, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was so good. Uh, for the Giants, we got Aaron Robinson, Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, Andore Jackson, Darnay Holmes is the nickel. Okay, well, Dallas is getting the edge on that one. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, we got Darius Slay, Anthony Harris, Marcus Epps, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox. Ooh, that's pretty damn good. And, and the Washington Commanders, we have Kendall Fuller, Carmen Curl, Bobby McCain, William Jackson III, and Benjamin St. Just. As the Nickelback, so I like Eagles the best. Eagles are by far, I think, the yeah. best. I actually really like Dallas is probably yes, I would second, say second, yeah. and then Giants third with Washington. Yeah, fourth, that's fine. That's which is crazy. That's see, this is where the defensive one gets hard. So we going through all the positional groups. I would have thought going in that Washington would have been like one by a lot, no, but it's just their D line, their their front four, four is just four crazy. First round picks. Those are all first round picks. Yeah. So rating the defense as a whole. I still think Washington has. I think is going to have the best defense. 
You think so? Yes, and here's why. I I take pass, they had the best defense last year. Yes, which helps. They have here's the thing. They have Ron Rivera. Yes, that helps. That helps a lot. A lot. I so from a personnel standpoint, the, the Eagles. I like the Eagles yes, the most. I agree with you. I do think yes. when the season's done and we look at the state, like the the I think the, it, the statistics, yeah. I think Washington will have the best defense. And here's and here's the thing. It's kind of similar to the quarterback discussion with offense, where you go, how much does that impact it? I think the pass rush from a defensive side is the equivalent to quarterback play, play yeah. for the offense. Yeah. So because of that, I think that overall, I think Washington's defense is going to be better. Yeah. But I like the Eagles' personnel yeah. better. So I like the Eagles' personnel. Yeah. Then I would take Washington. Yeah. And then I would take Dallas because of their back seven. The Giants are bad, man. Giants are the not Giants, The Giants need so much work. And yeah. they're, they're just starting, though. Like, yes. really, they are. They're just starting. So rating these teams in order of one to four, I think it's I think I think it's pretty clear that Giants sit at four. Yeah, I think, I think the I don't Eagles think I think are the team where you go. I would not hate any of their position groups, so I think that's why they kind of come out as one. Yes, overall, I don't think there's one position where you group go, where you go. That's oh, really gross. God, this is really really bad. Yes, yes. I would yeah. agree with that, and I think and then and then it comes down to do you like. Washington's pass rush and their skill position and their skill position than, than Dallas's quarterback play and yeah. their back seven. Yeah. I think it's really what it comes to. And, and it's crazy because they're completely opposite. Yes. Yeah. So it's like when they play each other, it's going to be Dak versus the D line and it's going to be the back seven versus, versus Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Exactly. It's really what it's going to come down to. Yeah. And at that point, I think I like the Washington a little more. But I think so it's it's like when we talk about Lions Vikings yeah. of how close I think it it's is. A coin flip. I think it's Dallas and Washington. It's a coin game? flip. Yeah, yeah. Well, got the home game. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Dallas just because of Dak. It's Dak over yeah. over Carson. Just because of that, and I think in big games, I think that in the regular season, Dak is good in the regular season. It's just the playoffs where he falls apart. Yes. Um, Carson's shown that he falls apart just when a strong breeze hits him. So yeah. I'm really negative on Carson Wentz because he really made me look like an asshole last year. So. Had the Colts going a lot farther than not making the playoffs. So, cool. All right, that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. Next week, we got NFC... Whatever one you want to do. West? Ooh, West is sexy. Let's do the West. Let's do the West. Depends how much we have to talk about, actually. That's true. Yeah, let's do the West. Um, Yep, for sure. Uh, That's going to be it for this week's show, though, guys. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merc, so Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Decker. We will see you guys, as always, next time.